I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. From the top to the bottom, I was raised to be solid. Real at every angle, I ain't worried about the audit. Never see the hate, tunnel vision on the profit. Boss moves if I want it, best believe I cops it. Team so tough, moving silence like the mafia. Trying to get the form whip, probably name it Claudia. Wife rocking Tiffany, that's just another day to me. I be living lavish, that's why these haters be hating me. Stronger than I ever been, never break, never bend. God first, family second, money is like next again. So if you come in for me, pull the trigger, guard and shoot. Kevlar mindset, lifestyle bulletproof. Bulletproof, built tougher than your average. Ultimate hustler, I'm the total package. Bulletproof, I know you see me in your scope I'm the captain of the ship, you just a sailor with a boat Bulletproof, built tougher than your average Ultimate hustler, I'm the total package Bulletproof, I know you see me in your scope I'm the captain of the ship, you just a sailor with a boat Bulletproof What's up everybody, you're on the Bulletproof Mafia And I'm Michael Munsterman This one was kind of a weird one for me to prepare for Because... I'm going to start off by reading you a poem. The first time I heard this, I was 36 years old and I had been put on a bus and I was being bused from a resort that we had been put up in to a cemetery. And this was part of an evolution inside of a experience that I was exposed to that was designed around the concept of making me a better man, a better business leader, a better father, a better husband. And as we were loaded into the bus, we were told, get on the bus, sit down, shut up, be quiet. Like just not a word. It's not a joke. No smiling, no giggling, no laughing. Be men. Be collected. Be still. And then one of the instructors got onto the bus as we were being bused to this unknown location. We didn't know that it was the cemetery. We were just being bused there. And we get to the cemetery and we realize, wow, we're going to a cemetery. This is really happening. And off in the distance is someone's funeral. Now, you've heard me talk about losing my dad at the age of seven. Well, this is kind of being brought to the forefront of my mind because until this point, I had only been to just a few funerals. Because once I went to my father's funeral, I never wanted to step foot in that environment again. So I would mourn people, but a lot of times I wouldn't go up to the edge of the grave. I didn't want any part of it. I'm sure people thought that I was doing it for attention as a young person. I got older and they realized, wow, no, he's resolved. He's, He's not going to the funeral. If they made me go, I stood off far, far away. It wasn't until later that I actually went to... A funeral that mattered to me it, but I just it wasn't something anyway it doesn't matter the point is is that you had to be inside of two circles of my family for me to go you had to be a sibling a parent 
or an immediate grandparent or I wasn't coming to your funeral. Just not something I wanted to think about. And not knowing that this was an evolution and not realizing that they were taking me to a graveyard, I sat there and I felt my heart start to beat heavier and heavier and faster and faster. And this is a feeling that I very rarely feel, a feeling of anxiety and, and pressure. I didn't like it. And we got out. And as we were getting out, the same coach standing by the door says, don't talk. It's not a game. And they, they lined, they put us in a line as we came off the bus and they had us follow them. And we fell into chairs under a tent with a casket sitting in front of it. We had no idea who was in the casket. We had no idea what, why we were here. We, none of us, you know, we all, we, we had all come from different parts of the world for this, this event. And we're sitting here under a tent. One of the guys walked up and he held in his hand a piece of paper, similar to this one that I have in mind. He said, I want to read something to you. And then I'm going to send you on an experience. And the next few minutes, the next 30 minutes, 45 minutes, completely changed my life. And I want to share this with you. I'm sharing this with you for a couple reasons. One, I don't remember if this is, I, I think this is the 23rd of April right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just check real quick so I can tell you if that's accurate. Yes, it is. It's April 23rd. We just, uh, this is a, today while we're recording this is Tuesday. Sunday was Easter. Easter 1987 was the very last day that I spent with my dad while he was alive. On that year, it was April April 19th. And on April 20th, he died. This year, April 20th, was a Saturday. And the following day was Easter. And so it was just close enough together that it, when it gets that close, it really kind of gets in me. I just... I'm more sensitive and in tune to how close those two dates were together and how important Easter is and how devastating the day after was. And so we're sitting in this, under this tent, in this funeral. We don't know whose it is. And a guy walks up and he begins to read. And I'd like to read to you what he read to me that day. It was the first time I'd ever heard this. And if you've heard this before, this isn't the end of it. So just be patient. But it's a poem. And it goes like this. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth and spoke of the following date with tears but he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For the dash represents all the time they spent alive on earth. And now only those who love them know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, 
the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that still can be rearranged. To be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remember that this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you lived your dash? And this is called The Dash by Linda Ellis. And he read this. And he said, I just want to share a story with you. And he shared a story of someone that he had lost, someone that was close to him. And I'm sitting in the cemetery for one of the first times. In 30 years, one of the first times. And I'm listening to this and it's hitting home. And I'm thinking, you know, there have been these little pockets, these little areas of my life that have been shitty. There have been these little pockets, these little areas of my life that have been incomplete. There have been these little hidden gems of things going on in my heart and in my life and in my mind that were derailing certain areas. There were little areas that I thought I could be better. I could do better. There were relationships that I thought they're weak and they could be stronger and it's on me. And I really just started to, to evaluate myself and to ask myself, why am I taking for granted the dash? Now I found out since this was the first time I heard this because I, I, I don't spend a lot of time at funerals, but I find out that this is something that is read at a lot of different funerals. This is something that a lot of people have heard, and I probably didn't do it justice. But when you read this, you begin to look at things, and, and, and it contradicts the entire premise of money moves and, and, and the Bulletproof Mafia, or so it seems. It would seem, by, the, by this line, for it matters not how much we own the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and, and love and how we spend our dash. That line rocked me. Because the pursuit had always just been money. And it, it was driven by what I thought was a powerful why. I was poor growing up. I had stories, right? I didn't have a dad. And, and grandparents raised me. And I, I, I went through this. And, and look, I had a dad. There was a guy in, a, in the house who was my stepdad. I didn't have a father. I didn't have that kind but firm hand. I didn't have the, the loving respect, the one-on-one -on -one time. I didn't have, like, there were elements that were just gone. And so I lived on that story that I was just going to do better than the way that I was raised. I was going to give the very best life to my children. I was going to elevate myself and push myself harder and harder and harder. And I associated all of the win with money. I associated it with houses and cars and scale and bling, like, I thought a Breitling watch, I've made it. Brand new Escalade, made it. The house of my dreams, made it. The pool, made it. The whatever, made it, made it, 
made it check mark check mark check mark but here i was sitting here listening to this and thinking i missed it entirely i missed the point entirely I was so obsessed with making money and gaining ground and scaling and building companies. And, and that's all I could think about. I obsessed over it. It's all I could talk about. It's all I wanted to be around. It's still like, it's part of who I am, but it was for a different reason. And here I sat in the cemetery and this, I'm getting gut punched by this dumbass little poem. And then if that wasn't enough, they said, we're going to take one more evolution inside of this experience. I want everybody to close their eyes. And so we all closed our eyes. We'd paid a lot of money to be here. So we just kind of blindly followed these guys. We did what they said. It was in the rules. We, we had agreed to, if we show up, we did exactly what they said without question. So we all closed our eyes. If you're at a place where you can do it, I would encourage you to do this same thing. So close your eyes. You were on a bus. You were being brought here to this funeral. The bus began to rock and shake. You reached up and grabbed onto the seat in front of you, but you realized that something was wrong. A tire had blown out. You were on a bridge. The driver's losing control of the van and there's nothing you can do to stop it. It hits. The wheel hits the pavement. You hear a screech and a grind and then a sharp turn and a flip. And it bounces once. Your head hits the window. It bounces again and it flips itself over the rail of the bridge. And you're falling. In that second, heading towards the water, knowing that this was the end. The bus evaporated, it vanished, so did everyone else on it. And it was just you, paused in time there. A place to sit, a piece of paper, and a pen. You land softly, but you know it's not real. And you just hear a voice from above say to you, this is your last chance. This is your last chance to tell them what you wanted to be remembered for in your dash. And then this gentleman said, slowly open your eyes and go find a spot somewhere in the cemetery and sit down and write that letter. No joking. No horsing around. Every single person stood up. And they marched in a million different directions. Finding a place. I sat under a great big oak tree. I leaned up against it. And for the first 10 minutes, I just cried. Like I, I, I was just broke. Starting with, I didn't like cemeteries. I didn't like to think about there being a finite end on this earth. And I didn't like being convicted that I had those little dark spots inside of my mind and in my heart. 
And then to be reminded that inside of the way that I've been living in this dash, that my pursuit was broken and it was wrong. And I wrote a letter to my wife, the only person in that moment that I could think, I, I, there's something I want to tell you. And I just spilled my guts. And the pages, I still have them, are still covered with little drops where you can tell that tears were just pouring. And what I wrote doesn't matter. I can just say that whenever I handed her those pages and I said, I need you to read this. I had talked about the husband that I was and I had talked about the husband that I wanted to be. And I had talked about the father that I was and the father that I wanted to be. And I had asked her to deliver messages to our girls. And then at the end of it, I asked her to hold me accountable to a new dash, a new life with a new experience and a different husband to go through the rest of this journey with. And, the, and the, like I wasn't crazy broken in my marriage with my wife or with our kids, but it wasn't enough. I was taking so much for granted. And with this one, there's not a lot of hoopla and I'm not going to get crazy animated. I'm just going to ask you, please recognize that you get one shot at this life. You get one opportunity to live the best version of it that you possibly can to work where you want, to create what you want, to live where you want to raise others up, to show them a better life, to show your spouse and your children or your close friends or the people who you influence that the status quo isn't enough when you only get one shot. You have one opportunity on this earth to do it correctly. You have one opportunity to accept God. You have one opportunity to live a life that on the other side of that date, somebody says, good job. But in the here, in the now, in this space, are you living the very best version of your dash? And if you're not, then I suggest you put yourself in that same van where you where whether you knew it at the beginning of this podcast or not you're being transported to your own funeral and where you only have one opportunity to make some pretty bold decisive statements about how you commit to live the rest of your life So that when somebody actually does stand in the front of your funeral and they speak about your life, that it actually means something. Savvy. Hustler, I'm the total package, bulletproof. I know you see me in your scope. I'm the captain of the ship. You just a sailor with a boat. Bulletproof.